0: So let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful moment. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being our Father to us. For generously, lavishly pouring your love out on us. Thank you for loving us into your family. Thank you for taking the lonely and setting us in your family. Thank you for providing a family for us to be in. There are, again, not enough words to thank You, to praise You. But we do worship You this morning. Because You're with us. You're always with us. But we invite You in. We invite the Holy Spirit in now to come and open up our hearts, our minds, and our spirits so that we can hear Your words. So, Father, again, yes, I ask You to empty me of me. To take everything that would be a hindrance, a blockage, Remove the debris so that you can speak through me. Because we need to hear your words of life. We need to hear your words of power. Your words of acceptance. Your words of hope. We need to hear your words. So I ask, Father, that today, right now, we will hear your word. And we will let it... Saturate every part of our, our heart, our being, our spirit. So when we walk from this place, we are more like your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Marvin Gaye was one of my favorite Motown singers. Mm hmm. There's a couple of songs you can't sing in church, but I mean, you probably know those. <laughs> Yeah, but he was known as the Prince of Soul. The Prince of Soul. Extremely talented and gifted person. Wonderful voice. Loved his voice. In his biography, it details, though, the hard life that he had with his father. Detailing him that he always felt like he never had his father's approval. There is a story in 1978 when he was negotiating a new contract with with the record company. And one of the things he asked for that he almost demanded was that they give him a million dollars in cash so that he could put it in the suitcase. So he could go up to his father, open up the suitcase and say, see, I am successful. That's a million dollars. Here's this man. Extremely loved by millions of people for his music. Gifted, talented, and still looking for his father's approval. Just a few years later, tragically, Marvin Gaye dies because he's shot by his father with a gun that Marvin gave him so that his dad could protect himself. When talking about this after the event, Marvin's mom said this about the relationship between father and son. My husband never wanted Marvin and never liked him. The father wound is devastating. It is Huge, and it touches every aspect of our society. Even those of us who are good dads, limited by our humanness, fail our kids. And of course, there are the other extreme of brutal, abusive, harsh, cold. And distant father figures. And many people have a hard time accepting God as Father because of those examples. Have a hard time relating to God as Father. But thankfully, I, I, God is not like that. We sang about it. You know, the worship team doesn't know what I'm preaching about. Sometimes I don't know what I'm preaching about. But I mean, uh, the. And they blend those songs, and they they will mirror a lot of what I have to share today. They will mirror a lot of what I have to share today. Because God is the perfect Father who gives His blessings generously. Go to Ephesians one. Those who are joining us for the first time, and we've been in a well, we've been heavily engaged in a in a, a series called "Walking the Blessed Life." We've been in it for five or six, seven weeks now. And we thought it was really important to start to dive into spiritual blessings, to dive into generational curses, to dive into this whole concept of what is a blessing and how to actually walk in blessing. So much so that we 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 started a Wednesday night class as well. So we hit it on Sundays, we hit it on Wednesdays, and we hit it again on Sundays because we really felt like God was saying, "I want you to be free. I want you to be free." So you have to look at some of this stuff in detail. It may be painful. It may be stir up some things that you wish were never stirred up. But the point was that God wanted it out into the light so that he can love on it and heal it and redeem it. And so that we can walk in freedom. So that's why we've been in on this And today will be the conclusion of this one segment of it because we've been talking specifically about the spiritual blessings that are are listed in Ephesians 1, chapter 1. But I want to start with verse 1 again. Sorry, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Some blessings... A few blessings? Whatever just happens to fall from God's pockets blessings? What kind of blessings? What kind of blessings? Does God hold anything back? Does He withhold from us, teasing us with something? God has every intention to bless us. He has every desire to bless us. So we need to to kind of clear this debris field so that we can understand what the blessing really is. And that's what we've been trying to, to read about through His Word, trying to study, trying to embrace, and trying to apply into our life. So we are now on verse 17. So I'm going to start reading from... Hmm, Listen, I'm going to start in 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in Lord Jesus and your love towards all the things, I did not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you might know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? Just say that once again. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power? I love the sound of that. Towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the, in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age to come. And then he put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is a tremendous prayer. This is an awesome prayer. Paul's not praying these things to give us an impression that we have to earn these things. That somehow we have to work this up. That somehow we, we gotta get busy to earn this kind of blessing, this kind of this kind of thing that He is detailing out for us. But the point is that the Father's blessing has not come as a reward for just doing something that pleases him. Now, it is, it is a reward. We're gonna check that in a little bit. It is a reward, but if we approach it as again, I've been saying this all throughout the whole series. If we approach walking a life of blessing as something to get instead of someone to know, we have, messed, we have missed the blessing entirely. Okay, I've been saying that every week because it, it needs to get into the core of who we are. That blessings are not something to get. They're someone to know. God, indeed, is the blessing. He is the blessing. So, we can't earn this. We can't, we can't manufacture it we don't even deserve it, but God wants to give it. God wants to bestow it. God wants to fill our lives with it. Because He knows it will set us free. And He wants us to be free. And to be free is to be in His presence. So we're going to to take this, uh, this Scripture apart like I like to do. Okay. Verses 16 and 17. I did not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. This is the blessing of, of acceptance. Of acceptance. Okay? God wants us to discover who He is, and He is willing to make Himself known to us. All right. A little Greek study here. Both the spirit of wisdom... Spirit of wisdom, the Greek means broad and full of intelligence. Able to use information wisely. And a revelation, that word revelation means a disclosure of truth. It means to be instructed. It means something that is exposed and something that is uncovered for you. So both the spirit of wisdom and revelation gives us insight into the heart of the Father. This Spirit of Wisdom refers to the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Revealing not only who God is, but who we are in relationship to God. See, the Spirit of Wisdom discloses who we are to ourselves. We discover who we are in relationship to the Father. It's really the only way to know ourselves, is to let the Father reveal who we really are. Because the world lies to us constantly. The enemy lies to us constantly. And we have many years, all of us, if we're honest, many years of believing something false about ourselves. And we need a spirit of revelation and wisdom from God's holy word to reveal not only who he is, but who we are in relationship to him. If God wants us to be free, if revelation is... Uh, a disclosure of truth, then John eight thirty two is is true. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, God is all about telling us the truth. The enemy is the father of all lies. He lies to us constantly about who we are, our identity, our our relationship with the Father. He gets us, tries to trip us up just like he tried to trip up Jesus in the wilderness you know it wants us to he wants to break the father child relationship and that's what he will lie to us about but the truth will set us free that's why we need the blessing of acceptance second part of that verse is your growing knowledge the greek means recognition and full discernment of him so Our relationship here, this is saying that our relationship is meant to grow and to thrive and to be fully alive and, and recognize God at every junction of our life. See God at work in every place in our life. Every situation, every circumstance, every relationship, we need to see God there. Because when we see the truth of God in those situations, then we're not as frustrated by them. We're not as frightened of those situations because we see God there. And if we see God there, the truth of His power, the truth of His protection, the truth of who He is is there too. And therefore, we can rest and grow in Him. This is what this verse is really saying in all, all His beauty. God is not hiding from us. He wants us, he, again, He wants us to know Him. Wants to, he wants to reveal Himself to us. But we do have to seek Him. And this is where this whole thing comes from. Uh, The verse is in... um, Let me see. Hebrews 11.6. That God is what? A rewarder of those who diligently, earnestly, passionately seek Him. And what does He reward them with? More of Himself. Psalm 27.10 says this. And I'll pause here for a minute. This is the verse, when I was... First saved, first came to Jesus, first accepted him as Messiah. This was the verse that I hung on to through all the abuse. This verse. It's powerful. It's small, but it's powerful. Listen, Psalm 2710 says this: even if my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That word means gather for a purpose. The Lord will receive me, He will gather me for a purpose. The second part of that meaning means to take me away. The world may reject you. Your parents may reject you. Your friends may reject you. But God will take you up. He will gather you for a purpose. The whole flavor of that, in the Hebrew, the whole flavor is talking basically about a father raising a child. And that's what the Father God wants to do for us. That is the blessing of acceptance. He accepts us as sons and daughters, Of course He wants us to know Him. Of course He does. Okay, verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that Greek means to give light to, made to see, and give understanding, that you might know what is the hope, joyful and content expectation. Joyful and content expectation, to which He has called you. This This word really means a personal invitation. That you are called... Not just someone yelling out randomly. hey, anybody want to come over here? He says, no. Hey, Jay, will you come here, please? It's a personal invitation. It's a called out by name. It's a called out by name. Okay? makes all the difference in the world. To which you've been called, you've been invited. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? This is the blessing of purpose and hope. God shines his light in the deepest part of who we are, the heart of who we are, the core of who we are, so that we might discover hope. God speaks, shines his light on our hearts so that we can have hope. So he can reveal hope to him to us, so that he can reveal what hope means to us and what hope should mean to us. The revelation of what hope is Joyful and content expectation changes the picture of of what you're seeing. It changes how you look at things. If you have a joyful and content expectation and you're looking at some hard, difficult situations, which we all have to and do and experience, when you have hope, you look at it a lot differently than when you don't have hope. Amen? Amen. Isn't it beautiful of God that he would want us to understand this word? Not just want us to understand it, but to experience it like he wants us to experience it. It's not just, he wants us to understand it here, he wants us to understand it in our hearts. That's why he shines his light on our hearts to enlighten it, so that it it knows how to experience hope, so it knows how to receive hope, so that it's ready to receive hope and then move and breathe and live in it. That's what he wants. He's a good, good father. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. All right. That phrase, that you may know, that you may know is a beautiful statement of hope and purpose together. The Greek word for know means to notice, to discern, and to discover. You know, how how many of these words almost have the same kind of meaning? That God is trying to get us to understand something. That He is really okay with us trying to get to know Him. He's okay with it. He's more than okay. He desires for His children to come and know Him. See, one of the best things my kids can do for me is to ask me a question about who I am. Now, they might get tired of the stories I tell... I do tell a few. It's hard to believe. All those stories reveal to them a little bit of who their father is. And it invites them in to know me. See, this invitation to know me. This is how we mirror the heart of God as fathers. is to invite our kids in to, know, to let them know us. The good, bad, and the ugly. My kids know all that. The good, bad, and the ugly. But they know me more now because of it. Thankfully, there's only good in God. And he wants us to know that. So I I appreciate that most of these words have similar words of discovery and discernment and, and getting to know him. This great invitation to know Father's heart is all throughout his scripture, all throughout his words. Because that's what he wants. He wants us to know him. Our purpose is to know him. Hosea 6:6 six. six. Ooh, getting ahead of myself here. I might be getting a little excited, I'm not sure. Hosea 6:6 six, six. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. And I say it this way. I love the fact that you serve me and that you work for me. But I just want you to love me. See, because when you really, 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 truly love me and you give your heart to me, and you allow me to, to come and take your heart and massage it and, and make it new and make it free, there will be no problem you doing what I want you to do. But it's not about that. See, I don't don't need that kind of sacrifice. But I want you. That's the flavor of that scripture. That's the beauty of God. He says, look, I appreciate all the work you do in my name. I really do. But it's not about that. It's about loving me first. And then everything else will work out. It really does. You will serve me. You will obey me. Because you love me. I love that reminder. 2 Peter 1, 2-3 says this about the blessing of knowing Him. It says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge, the word means recognition, of God and of Jesus our Lord, His divine power, the miracle power, the word is luminous, where we get dynamite from, explosive power, miracle power, has granted us to all things, how many things? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge, the recognition of Him who has called us to His own glory and excellence. In this case, knowledge is power. The power in knowing Him that releases miracle power through us. So that we can live the kind of life that He wants us to live. But it's about love. It's about knowing Him first. And then this follows. Everything that we need to live a life that brings Him glory. Knowledge is power. He also wants us to understand the power and wealth that we have as an inheritance. And that Greek word means that is given as a possession. Now, the hope is glorious because it's in His presence. That's, that's the wonderful thing about this. And someday we're going to receive our eternal reward. Someday we're going to possess living forever. Someday. it'll, it'll come and we'll live forever. But right now, God wants us to understand something about this word, inheritance. We are that inheritance of God. We're His inheritance. This is what the scripture is talking about. That we are His inheritance. We've been grafted into the vine. We have been invited into the family of God. We have become part of the inheritance of God. In Psalm 28, 9, it says this, Save your people And bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also and carry them forever. Our Father carries us forever and He blesses His inheritance, His people as His own. I don't don't think that has sunk into me yet. That I am part of the inheritance of God. That my life on this planet, how I serve Him, how I follow Him, how I love Him is part of the inheritance of my Father. That just blows my mind. You want to talk about speaking value into someone, speaking acceptance into someone, speaking hope and purpose into someone, just think of you being an inheritance for for Father God and how much He has valued us by sending His own Son to make us part of that inheritance. This is powerful stuff. This is this is life-changing if we can receive it and, and, and just embrace it every day of our lives. Okay, verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His great might? That's a mouthful. This is the blessing of power. How many want to be blessed with power this morning? I certainly do. It is great to talk about and it is great to experience and it's we gotta chase this idea of freedom more and more. We our desire to be free has to grow. Our hunger to be free has to grow. But you do realize that the enemy hates that. It hates God's children to be free. See, free people they'll obey God without hesitation. Free people will go wherever God tells them to go. Free people will do whatever God tells them to do. Free people will believe whatever God asks them to believe of Him. Free people are free. They're no longer worried about what happens to me. There's no more what about me moments. They're, They're free. And the enemy hates that. So we warned everybody at the beginning of this, as we dive into this, as we become more and more free, do not be surprised at the pushback of the enemy. My family has experienced a few things this past few weeks. One I won't talk about, but let's say that there could have been severe injury or death involved in this one thing, and God protected us. There have been... I I have never had so many people almost hit me while driving in the past few weeks. I mean, people running stoplights, people running red lights, people just coming around a curb looking at their device and being in my lane. It's it's like weird, you know, and God has obviously protected me in each one. And, 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 And things like that, this is a warning, but not a warning with fear. This is the one in how we need the blessing of power in our lives. Amen. And we need to recognize not only does God have power, but He imparts that power to us. So, this is the beauty of this part here the blessing of power. The immeasurable greatness of His power. I love the sound of that. The Greek word for immeasurable means to surpass. To throw beyond the usual mark. This is a they're talking. Paul's talking about an athlete here. You know, talking about the Olympics before they became the Olympics, where they would, would athletes would throw a heavy weight and they would measure it to see who could throw it the farthest. And this is talking about throwing that heavy weight way past the mark, before beyond what anybody else could expect it to be thrown. This is huge. This is. His miserable power, greatness. It goes beyond the mark of our sin. It goes beyond the mark of our disease, of our worries, our fears, all that. God far surpasses the mark in order to make that whole and new and strong and vital, vibrant, alive. He goes beyond the mark. Beyond what even we expect, what the world can't do. Fathom, when the world can't understand. Beyond the usual mark. The Greek word for greatness means magnitude. Magnitude. His immense, the word means great, mighty, force. His strength, the ability, the force, the power. This is off the charts power that God is trying to, to show us here. It, it can't be measured. It can't be contained. And like I said, it goes beyond the mark of what we can imagine. We come against a situation and we're fearful and we're worried and we're concerned. And God says, I've got this cover. I've already went beyond that. I'm, I'm way beyond that. And your provision is way beyond that. Oh, man. we got to believe this. We've got to believe this stuff. Okay. So not only has the power of Father accepted us, not only is he bringing purpose and hope, he is working with all his might to make it happen. That's what this verse is saying. God is working with all his might, all his, everything he has at his disposal, which is we can't comprehend it and we can't imagine the power of it, but he's working on us with it. And through us with it. Towards us. Those two words. Means into us and purposed on us. So it's into us with a purpose. It's just not into us for it to to make us happy or to, you know, it's to make us powerful. Because we're free. Free people are powerful. Free people are dangerous to the enemy of this world. That's why he gets upset. God wants us to be powerfully free. Free to love him with everything that we are. All our heart, all our soul, all our mind. Everything that is within us to love him so that we can be free to love the world that desperately needs to be loved by God and to be able to deliver the gospel message of who Jesus Christ is and to tell them that God's power goes beyond their mark of sin too they can be redeemed they can come into the family they can can hear that personal call by name to come into their family of God this is what power is into us And purpose on us. We have a purpose. You have a purpose. As a son or daughter of the Most High, your purpose is to glorify God by the way you live. For Him. But He gives us the power to do it. This is like, wow, no brainer here. Let's do this. Verse 20 to 22. That He worked in Christ, talking about His power, when He raised Him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above a higher rank, all rule, principality or chief, and authority and power and dominion, and that word means lordship, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come, and put all things underneath his feet, and gave him as head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. The same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead. The same power. I can't even imagine that. That just blows my mind. The same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead brings the dead parts of our lives to life. Goes beyond the mark to restore life for us. The same power. That same power that He rose Christ from the dead with was filled with love. Full of desire to see His Son live again. Full of love to complete the salvation plan. All done in love. All because the Father wants us to know Him. To redeem parts of our heart, our lives, our minds. Ours, to redeem it all so that it can all know Him how do we love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength? The only way is that He redeems us and frees us to do so. Amen. It's the only way. It can, it's possible. Amen. The Bible says it is because it says to do it, but He has to free us. Amen. And the same power that He raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the power that He uses to do that. Right? Am well, God is a good Father. He speaks value to us. He speaks purpose to us. He speaks acceptance and hopes. He speaks so much to us. He wants us to know and understand that He has chosen us. That He will always choose us. And that He will never ever leave us. There is no power that is a threat to God's throne. Romans 8, 38-39, you're familiar with this. For I am sure, I am sure that neither death, nor life, or angels, or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything in all creation will be able to, what, separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The power to save the power to redeem, the power to change us into sons and daughters of the Most High is the same power that, Christ, that God used to raise Christ from the dead. It's all the same power. Unbridled. In, un, can't comprehend the, the, the immenseness, the, the magnitude of this power. But it's the same one that He uses to redeem us. And make us into his sons and daughters. That just just blows me away. So what is our response to Father's blessings? Go to the book of Hebrews real quick. Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 20. We'll go to 24, I think. By faith. Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons, and Joseph bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions. Concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. By faith is how we receive the blessing. By faith, a blessing is given, and by faith, a blessing is received. It is our choice. Whenever we talked at the very beginning of this series that this way of walking a blessing is a choice. That God said a long time ago, choose this day a blessing or a curse. Choose this day life or death. And every day we have a choice to make about how we walk in His blessings. How we receive and believe His blessings. By faith we need to receive this. Sometimes you're not going to have any evidence that you're walking in blessing. And as a matter of fact, it's going to seem the complete opposite. See, blessings come on God's timetable and only His timetable. We can't manufacture it. We can't make it happen. But we can receive it. And we can choose it. And we should choose blessing every day of our life. Because choosing blessing really is just choosing Him. And by walking with him, we will be walking in blessing on.